The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The first way that I came out was um, at Burning Man in 2019, actually. So exactly three years and a month ago, I gave a talk at Burning Man and it was essentially the pillars of, you know, non-monogamy from my point of view. Pasha was there with me. Um, we did a live Q&A and it was very well received by a bunch of my hippie friends and family. So like, you know, low hanging fruit, easy check. We did that. And then after that, it came time to share with our families. Welcome back to Open Late Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Sfandiari, and happy birthday to this show. This is kind of remarkable. I never imagined that I would have a podcast about love and relationships and sex and sexuality and for it to be so widely received and loved and shared and successful. But here we are. Happy birthday, openly, fam. Um, it's been a wild year. And so I wanted to share something a bit more personal this week and um, just come on and do a solo show and talk about everything that this podcast has brought into my life over the last 52 weeks, 12 months, 365 days. Um, and I think the best place to start is really my why. Um, I've told this story before on other people's podcasts, but I don't know that I actually have shared the full entirety on my own. People ask me why I started openly all the time, and it really is as simple as I wanted to help people. I feel like with my relationship, I unlocked a cheat code for um, a level of self-expression, freedom, happiness, and at the same time, safety and security that I didn't see really available in um, monogamy, or at least it wasn't available to me and the type of person that I am, the type of lover I am. Um, and so I, you know, I've been a coach for a long time, a facilitator, and have been doing retreats and coaching programs. And I found myself a couple of years ago um, mentor coaching in a program where we would have these transformational weekends and participants would come in, um, in groups, like large groups, like 60 to sometimes wild, like 90 people in the room. And there would be, you know, 10 or 15 or so coaches. And I was coaching one of those weekends. And the theme of that weekend was kind of pain in relationships and people who were suffering, and they were suffering because they felt like they weren't good people because maybe they were in a relationship with someone else and they were in love, they were committed, they were dedicated, they wanted to be with that person, 
they couldn't help but think about other people and have desires for other people, whether it be romantically, sexually, intimately. Um, there were people in that group who it was eating them alive that they would watch porn um, without their partner knowing, right? Or people who committed infidelity, right? Um, and I'm not saying that people should break agreements because that's what cheating is. Um, it's when you create an agreement and there's trust between two people and then you do something that breaks that trust, right? That's cheating or infidelity. And I don't think it's right. But what wasn't sitting right with me was knowing that my truth is that there's nothing wrong with thinking another person's attractive, um, wanting to have sex with someone else besides the person that I'm married to. Um, and that's how I live my life. And I just saw so many people in pain, bottom line, trying to fit themselves into a monogamous lifestyle, um, a very mononormative culture that we live in dictates that there's only one way to have a successful relationship. And these people were feeling like they were failing at it. And it was eroding their own sort of personal love and self-respect. And it was almost like the universe was sending me a message for that class because it was person after person that would get up and share what was troubling them the most. And I thought to myself, they just don't realize that there's another healthy way because we don't see this way in society, right? Like society, culture, media, we're not seeing, you know, happy polyamorous relationships or non-monogamous relationships reflected back at us. And I, at that time, was pretty closeted. I wasn't open. I wasn't out. And I felt like, man, you know, like I could probably really help these people if they saw someone like me who they knew was in a very healthy relationship. They could see that I'm in love with my partner. Um, they were getting coaching from someone like me in that space. Um, then maybe they could see a possibility for happiness for themselves. And that was one of the first times where I was like, wow, I've been pretty selfish, actually. Up until that point, I hadn't really come out about my relationship, um, although it was happy and healthy and beautiful, and I didn't see anything changing with it anytime soon. Um, I hadn't been public about it because of my own shame, right? Of my own sort of you know, judgments on myself, which means that that's also how I'm judging other women in society at that time. Um, my own internalized misogyny um, that was dictating that I keep this a secret. And this was also right around the time that um, we started to develop a relationship with Lauren. And Lauren was the first person that I ever really admittedly was in love with outside of, you know, my marriage with Pasha. Previous to Pasha, of course, I was in love with um, my, you know, previous boyfriends and things like that. But my relationship with her was <laughs> like such a shock. Like it, 
just completely took me by surprise. And, you know, I thought to myself, well, I can't really hide this either. There's no way. I mean, she's at our house every day. You know, we spend so much time together. This was before we started building a business together, but we were inseparable. And my parents visit, you know, a couple times a year. Um, Pasha's parents as well, like his dad lives down the street. My mother-in-law comes and spends extended time um, with us in Los Angeles. And I was like, well, we can't hide this. And Pasha's never been too private about that part of our lives with friends and family. Now he's respected my request for privacy, um, you know, but if it were up to him, he wouldn't have kept it a secret um, for as long as we did. And he was always very comfortable with people knowing or finding out. It was really me that was like, nope, this has to be under wraps, lock and key, no one can know. Um, as I mentioned, because I still had a lot of work to do in owning who I am and owning my sexuality and owning the woman that I've grown into. Um, and so really having Lauren be in our lives and owning the fact that I was with a woman and that my husband was also, you know, at one point very much in love um, with this other person that we had to come out. <laughs> like We had to come out to um, our family and our friends. And, you know, we didn't have to, of course. We could have stayed in the closet forever. But we live in a community that's loving and that's accepting. And, you know, we both work for ourselves. So our jobs were not at risk. Um, you know, we are financially secure. Like our housing was not at risk. Our jobs, um, we weren't going to be facing massive amounts of rejection in those areas. And so we did. Um, the first way that I came out was um, at Burning Man in 2019, actually. So exactly three years and a month ago, I gave a talk at Burning Man. And it was essentially the pillars of you know non-monogamy from my point of view. And Pasha was there with me. Um, we did a live Q&A. And it was very well received by a bunch of my hippie friends and family. So like, you know, low hanging fruit, easy check. We did that. And then after that, it came time to share with our families. And um, the talk at Burning Man was so well received. And we had friends who are, you know, been married for 25 years that are in monogamous relationships that will never be open but they shared with us how much they loved our talk, how much they learned from our talk, how helpful it was. And I was just like, wow, there's something to this. Like, um, I expected people to accept us and still love us, but probably be like, y'all are crazy. Um, but they weren't. They were like, tell me more, <laughs> which is wild. And um, every day I'm so grateful for the community that we live in. So then it came time to tell our parents. And truth be told, my father-in-law has probably known about this side of our lives for a long time because like he's just always been really close to us and lives really close. And he was with us like the first time we ever, I ever like made out with a girl in front of Pasha. My father-in-law was also like at the same party. So he probably saw it. Um, so 
but there wasn't really like a lot of coming out to do with him. But one by one, we told all of the rest of our parents and our parents are amazing. They were very loving and accepting and, you know, maybe a bit of confusion and maybe a bit of worry on our, the part of our mothers, um, which I think is just so natural. And also it's just a complete, you know, generational misunderstanding as well, because like, you know, I can also imagine growing up in a time like what our mothers did, you know, being born in the 50s and 60s, and this just being like so outlandish, like just this isn't what you do. Um, and, you know, but they were very accepting nonetheless. And my dad, who is just the fucking coolest, um, I love my dad so much. We have a really great relationship. We always have. Um and he was just like so cute. We told him over breakfast, we were visiting Philly. I wanted to kind of share the kind of this news in person that like, you know, I have a full-time girlfriend at the time. Um, and, you know, it just felt important. Like I respect our relationship so much that I, I want to share this information with you. And my dad just sort of looked up from his meal and goes, you know, you two don't really do things in a traditional way anyway. So as long as you're happy, I'm happy. And then like went back to eating his eggs. And I just remember being like, of course. But I had worked myself up into like such, um, I think, a place of secrecy and hiding and the stories that I told myself um, about my lifestyle hurting my family or them being like ashamed of me. Um, was so much worse than what actually happened. And so I wanted to share this story because I think it's really funny and we do this to ourselves, right? It's human nature to have anxiety about the future and to pre-plan in our head how things are going to go wrong. And that just wasn't the case for me. And maybe I'm lucky, right? I know I'm. It's it's a privilege to have the safety and security that I do to come out and to have a family who loves me and is very accepting and that love is unconditional and not everybody has that. So to people who don't, I see you and, you know, whatever you're doing to make sure that you can still live a life that's very fulfilling, even if it has to be in secrecy, then you're doing exactly what you have to do. And I honor that and send you so much love and respect your choices because not everybody has the life that I do. And we're all so different. And you know, we all have ups and downs, no matter what the bed is that we choose to lie in, pun intended. Um, but I wanted to share that really the why was born out of the love for Lauren being so deep and intense and magical that it was like, there's no way I can like, what? Be like, you can't come over because my parents are here. No, you're like the love of my life, you know, a life partner. And um I get to have more than one, which is amazing and something to be celebrated. And so when I realized that the only thing holding me back from being public to the world was all of the things that I hadn't yet worked through, I was like, all right, give me a shovel. It's time to do some personal excavating. And in hindsight, it's not like I started doing the work. That's not normally my style. I was like, let me go do the thing. And then whatever it brings up for me, I'll work on it at that point. 
And so here we are. I started going live on Instagram um, last summer, um, not the summer that just passed, but the summer of 2021 in a series called Open Late on Sundays. And if you're interested in those, those are my very first sort of podcast almost like things where I would go live every Sunday night on Instagram on my Journey with Jessica page and I would do a Q&A about my relationship. So anything that you wanted to ask me about non-monogamy, you could show up and type the comment, you know, type your question in the comments, or a lot of times I would bring people on with me. And that was really fun and proved to be really, you know, just a great platform and people were really interested. It was really successful. And so that gave me the kind of push that I needed to do this. And yeah, October... First, I believe it was, we released our very first episode. Um, we had a huge bash at Skybar um, in LA, which was super fun to launch the podcast. Posh and I did a live Q&A there, which we ended up turning into an episode as well. We released our very first episode on October 3rd. It was called The Accidental Threesome. It was moderated by my friend Ginger Banks, um, my dear incredible, just ball of sunshine, soul sister, who really encouraged me um, to do this podcast. And so for the first maybe 10 or 12 episodes, I actually had on some of my really good friends to interview me because I wanted to share my story. And I knew that I wouldn't do it in solo episodes. So that's why, you know, we're a year in and this is only the third time that I've done a solo episode. Um, they're a bit intimidating. And so I figured if I want to share some juicy stories, if I want to give people the real deal, like the tea, I have to have people ask me questions. I'm not just going to think to offer information that's exciting. So I had friends interview me and we had a huge launch party actually uh, on the 3rd, which was super fun at Sky Bar in uh, West Hollywood, in LA, and we had burlesque performers, and Posh and I did a live Q&A there, um, which was moderated by Kurt Maloney, and we actually released that as an episode as well. Um, it's episode, what is it? It's episode 11, and it's a live Q&A from our launch party, um, so definitely check that out. I mean, it's an oldie but a goodie, and you'll get to hear from Pasha, just because I have this podcast doesn't mean that it's also Pasha's podcast. A lot of people assume that and they're like, we want to hear from him. Um, but you know, this has been my choice and this has been my journey. Um, and you know, although Pasha is very open and has always been comfortable with people finding out about our relationship, he doesn't necessarily want to talk about our sex life on the internet. Um, which is something else I've learned to navigate on this show. And I'm sure that I'll speak more about in other episodes. Um, but I want to move on to really like the biggest reward that I've gotten from this show. And it just goes along with, you know, sharing more gratitude for all of you who listen and who write in and ask me questions um, and just kind of cheer me on, whether it's publicly or in the DMs. Um, it It's so amazing to hear your stories 
whether they're your triumphs or your hard times um, and what you're learning and what you're taking away from the podcast and implementing in your real life. Like that is now my why. You know, it's not why I started, but it's why I keep going. Um, And I wanted to share some of these that I want to highlight. So this is just sort of a woman who wrote into me back in March and she said, oh my goodness, thank you for the follow. You are so beautiful, brave, and inspiring. Thank you for sharing who you are. Um, she had been liking and, and commenting on our posts on Open Late and I followed her back because I just thought she was also rad. And um, I have permission to share this, but I started chatting with her and then she shared with me that her husband and she loved the podcast and the content and that I was the first person that they witnessed that had really resonated with their process towards openness. And it feels so good to know there are others out there that are similar to us. And personally, what you're doing to empower women, I'm like, yes, more of this. And I, I literally get, I still get chills because I voice noted her back because easy for me to do voice notes. And I think I was walking my dog the first time I did it. And we started chatting over voice note and became pretty good friends because of this podcast. And she shared with me um, her exploration and I've been able to share more intimate details about hours that I don't share on the podcast. And I have multiple people who I met through doing this work who are also on this journey. And that is like just such a highlight for me in this work and this area of my life to send me the messages that I need to keep going. Because I'll tell you what, like it's not always the the sunshine and roses messages. There was a really challenging time where um, I made a couple of reels or TikToks. I'm not sure. I don't remember which one it was, but they went viral. And um, I probably shared them in both places. And so I started to get a lot of negative feedback as well. And I hadn't really gotten negative feedback in my actual life with my community. I had maybe had some negative or unwanted attention in real life from people who found out that we were in an, you know, an open relationship and maybe like unwanted advances from men and things like that. But the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Not at this scale. And even though it was online uh, bullying, which I thought about it to myself, like, oh, this will probably happen. I'm going to get slut shamed on the internet. I'm going to get called names. People are going to say like, crazy things and it's not going to bother me. But it did. 
it bothered me a lot. Like it actually triggered something in me from when I was a child that I had forgotten about. Um, and that's a whole other episode that well, I'll go down at one point. Um, but it really caused me to take a look at a 13 year old, maybe not even like a, an 11 or 12 year old Jessica who hadn't really been healed, who got called names um, at school, like at recess and, you know, names that like 11 year old boys also had no idea what they meant, but you know, this is what kids do. And, um, it was really traumatic at the time. And like, I didn't process it at all. I just totally blocked it out because it was shameful and embarrassing. And like, it was a whole thing. And I brought it to therapy and talked about it with Gia and, Um, it really shifted things for me. And she reminded me that this podcast was likely going to have me examine all those parts of myself, right? That I have shame around. And I worked on it with my coach, Irene, who I do a lot of um, somatic work with. And it's all been such a gift, actually. I would not not want that to happen. If I could go back and do it again and like erase the online bullying, I wouldn't because it's allowed me to show up even more whole and complete in who I am as a woman because now I'm like, yeah, bring it on. Like the things that you think will hurt my feelings, like saying that I should go to hell or that my kids are doomed. We're going to be terrible parents because we're going to, you know, have an open relationship when we start a family. Don't really hurt me. They were hurting a much younger version of myself that I hadn't focused on and that I hadn't done the work to let her know that she was safe and accepted and loved. And so um, this is just really a way to share that I'm so grateful for everything that this podcast has brought into my life, the new friendships, um, the cause for me to grow and heal parts of myself that I didn't even know needed it. Um, It's all been a really amazing journey. And this show has really not only brought me amazing other friends who are podcasters, like um, the girls from Double Teamed or uh, the girls from Clit Talk or Desire on Fire, like all of these amazing other shows. Um, That sex chick, Alexa, who, if you're not listening to the show, what are you even doing? To Soul Fire. Um, you know, Kelly and Connor Moore have a company called Soulfire, which launched this podcast. It, this podcast would not be a thing without them. And I'm so, so grateful to their entire team, um, Sam and Josh, who like really produced my podcast for the better part of, you know, the time that I was with them. You guys fucking rock. And you really supported me and gave me such a beautiful sort of very clean brand and platform um, that I probably would have never been able to do on my own um, and just really helped me like get out of the nest. So definitely check them out if you're considering launching a podcast Um, and got me to where I am here today, which is a year into the show. Um, People have asked. I am producing the show on my own now. Um, it's something that I always wanted to do. That was the plan. And Soulfire was an incredible incubator for that. Um, and yeah, it feels really good to produce it on my own. 
Um, Y'all see, I do have ads now, (laughs) which is new. It's crazy to hear commercials on this show. Um, I have grown a lot faster than I thought that we would. And it's such a blessing. And I'm really excited for where we're going. So ultimately, I just really wanted to share a lot of gratitude um, and let you know, for those of you who are listening and who are always saying this podcast means so much to me, it's helping me feel seen. Um, It's helping me recognize that I'm not alone, um, that I'm normal and stepping into non-monogamy and hearing your stories, how it's healing your relationships, it's healing your traumas. I want you to know that this podcast has done exactly that for me. It has helped me heal. It's helped me grow into the woman that I am. It's helped me take myself a lot more seriously as a creator, (laughs) as a speaker, um, as a coach, and now a writer. And I'm really looking forward to where this journey is going to take us together as a community. If I can leave you with one little nugget, if you can only take away one thing from this show, let it be this. Your relationship deserves to be designer. In that, when we live in a day and age where we can customize everything, everything's on demand, technology makes it so we can have choices why are we not choosing relationships that are unique to us, to our needs, to our partner's needs? When you can create magic and you don't have to do a one-size-fits-all model, why aren't you? And it doesn't have to be non-monogamy or polyamory, but just examine how you are connecting with your partner and ask yourself if you can have something even greater between the two of you. And if you're uncoupled, what is it that you truly want? What does a dream designer relationship look like for you? And go create it because you can, you're capable and you're worthy of it. So let that be a little journaling prompt for you all. And please let me know if you like this episode, if you enjoyed the format of me just coming on and sharing um, some more personal insights about my life. Um, Please, please, please let me know in some way. Um, You can even do it as a review for the show if you haven't yet. It means a lot to me to see those and read those. And it's also how other people can find us. The more reviews they have, the more reviews we have, the better. Um, And as always, remember, we have a lot of free resources for you. The link in the show notes has essentially a quiz that's less than five minutes to take. And it can point you in the direction of what type of non-monogamous relationship is right for you if you're considering it. And there's a whole section on there for monogamy. So if you're monogamous and you want to make sure that that's still the best type of relationship that's suited for you or that you're suited to, however to say that, go take our quiz. It's free and it's quick and it's really fun. And we also have a free dictionary. So if a lot of the terms and terminology um, is confusing or overwhelming and you're not sure what the difference between polyamory and polygamy is and you want to know because you don't want to confuse those two things, um, download our free dictionary. It's there for you. It's a resource. And I want to just keep creating 
content that resonates and that feels really good for me and you. So don't hesitate to reach out and let me know what you want. I'm going to be doing a lot more of the question boxes and ask me anything on Instagram and going live as well on TikTok to do Q&As. So stay tuned for all that and more. I love you all. Have an amazing rest of your week. See you next week. Happy birthday to us.